1: And here's your host Johnny SD. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Johnny, and welcome to the episode. Uh, Today we have a very special guest, Ian Robinson from LoveAffairTravel.com.
0: Yeah, in the house. What's happening, Johnny?
1: (laughs) Hey, what's up, man? How you doing today?
0: (laughs) I'm just stoked to, uh, you know, wake up in the morning and talk to somebody in Thailand. You know, we're so fortunate to live in a world like this. So, uh, you know, I'm just stoked.
1: Yeah, it's definitely crazy. It's 10 p.m. here in Chiang Mai. And where are you right now, Uh Ian?
0: I'm actually in Reno, Nevada, up near Lake Tahoe.
1: Okay, cool. What are you doing out there?
0: I am riding horses and building my business, sort of baselining from out here. It's inexpensive to live here, and it's beautiful right now this time of year. And I got a lot of cool people in my life that live in this area. So great place to be right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's awesome, and. You know, I actually just got back from about three months in the U.S. doing the same thing. And I was very, very productive uh, in the U.S., especially because I was on the same local time as all my, all my dealers and all my customers. Uh, so it's definitely a good idea yes. to do that sometimes.
0: Absolutely. I was trying to run my business with my clients in Los Angeles and New York, and I was doing it from Australia. So I was constantly up at like 2 in the morning. It's so nice to be on the same area, on the same, uh, same time zone.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, do, do you have any future uh, travel plans?
0: Um, yes, I'm going to go back to Australia in February, and then I am I kind of bounce between here and Los Angeles while I'm in town, um, while I'm in the U.S., and then it's looking like Brazil, or I, I I really want a baseline out of Romania for a bit of next year.
1: Oh, that's cool, man. I actually never heard of anyone, uh, really mention anything about Romania, but what is it <laughs> about there that you like, or you potentially want to go?
0: Romania is, I, I want to go because, uh, Colin, Colin Wright and, um, and Wandering Earl both told me that it's a great place to work from. It's inexpensive, and it's I, I'm I'm captivated with like the Eastern Eastern European um like worldview. I I read a book. There's a really epic book called um, The Unbearable Lightness of Being by Milan Kundera. And if you read that book, it's a uh, really it just made me want to go and see Eastern Europe more and more. So yeah, the Prague, Romania. I just want to travel around there. I've never made it out there. The farthest. Um, Farthest east I've ever been was Switzerland. So
1: technically, I've been to Ireland, Scotland, and London. But to me, I don't want really to consider that Europe. Uh, so this time, yeah. this summer, I'm gonna head over to Budapest and I'm gonna spend the summer out there. Awesome.
0: Oh, beautiful. See, I love it. I love talking about places. You know, I've traveled so much and I've lived on every continent for every except for Antarctica for more than more than three months. You know, and um, I still find that there's huge like spaces that I I still don't even understand. So I love it.
1: Yeah, what's crazy is, I mean, as, as much as I think, you know, I've been all the places that I wanted to go, or at least I have it on, on, my, on my radar, I'll talk to guys like you and you'll tell me about Romania and I never would have even thought of that. And but, <laughs> but now that you have, I'm like, all right, well, maybe I'll research it. Um, yeah, yeah. I know, I know one thing that I do a lot is anytime someone tells me something, you know, I'll keep it in mind. If a second person tells me about it, I'll look into it. And if a third person, especially if someone I trust, uh, their opinion on, if third person tells me to read a book or go somewhere or do something or eat something, I'll, I'll just do it.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. That's it. that's the
0: most important thing too. And that's like uh, what you just said at the end there is that you'll go do it. Like that's, that is so key. Like, cause anybody, especially anybody who has the capacity to listen to this podcast, has the capacity to do anything really quickly. Like a hundred percent is possible a hundred percent of the time. And like, w- because you take that action, it's probably the reason that, you know, you're living the sort of lifestyle that you are right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the crazy thing about that is, you know, some, it's really good to do your research to do, you know, analyze competition, analyze, you know, business opportunities. But at the same time, it's much better to actually do something than to just spend all day analyzing. Um, Absolutely. And I, and I was the same way with my e commerce business. I'm the same way with this podcast. I'm the same way with my blogs. You know, part of it is I get lucky sometimes where I hop into a niche that happens to work out. And part of it, you know, is the hard work or the value I bring to it? But a lot of it is just the fact that I take action. I take action early um, instead yeah. of just you know wandering and, and f- trying to figure out, hey, what's the easiest thing to get into?
0: Absolutely. And then like you know you can analyze for days, but I would say like I mean analyzing has its value and analytics and that kind of thing. Like, but at the same time, you learn so much more in that first month of solving the first like your first screw up problems. Then you do analyzing in ages, so yeah, yeah. There's so much to that.
1: So speaking of first, what was your first trip? Um, you know, really outside of the U.S. that, that you could. uh I used to, yeah.
0: So yeah, go ahead.
1: Because um, I started traveling, like
0: I started leaving the country all the time when I was a young kid with my family. Yeah, but, I,
1: was, I was gonna mention on uh, really on your own, on your own own dime for your own reasons, and, and not not a family trip.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I went down to Costa Rica. My friend was staying on a uh, on this really. On a on a permaculture farm down like way deep in the jungle of Costa Rica. Okay, nice. There's a place called Punta Mona, um, and that was one of the places, the times that I just like really fell in love with it. That was on my own dime, but I was always that was back in the day when I was doing it as like I would go home, I'd work a lot and save money, and then I would get get on the get out, fly fly down to Costa Rica, and then I would just spend money for a month, and then I flew back to Reno or. Um, and then and yeah flew back there and then just started working again. So I would always work a lot and save all my money for traveling. But I didn't start travel working until I left for um, New Zealand. I left in like uh, 2009, okay, uh, like December of 2009.
1: So what was your your the way that you made money when you were doing that in New Zealand?
0: Well, okay, so I flew to New Zealand and then I spent like a month um, kind of um, checking out like permaculture farms in New Zealand, and then I flew to Australia and I had a working holiday visa in Australia. And that is an excellent way to get started because Australia is is a fantastic country. Um, Americans can get working holiday visas in Australia and um, it takes like two days and it costs like 100 bucks or 200 bucks. It's like nothing, it's an electronic visa. You don't even have to do any paperwork. It's the easiest visa in the world to get if you're under 30. And then when you land in Australia, you can get jobs like minimum wage in Australia is like 18 bucks. So the first thing I started doing was um, I did some like dish washing duties, but I was always interested in agriculture and where food came from. So I got a job picking um, fruit, like out in a town called Stanthorpe, which is like up in the mountains near um, kind of the Brisbane Gold Coast area.
1: Okay, nice.
0: And um, picking apples is like really hard work, but I was making like I started off at about seven hundred bucks a week, and then I was making like about a thousand a week towards the end of it. And I was able to save up enough money in like two, I think, two and a half months that I was able to go to Cape Town, South Africa, because I had an internship with the World Cup. Oh, so cool. I got a round-trip ticket on fruit-picking money <laughs> from, like, traveling. And, and the the lifestyle of, like, the fruit-picking is really cool, because there's so many other, like, travelers. And I would eat Indian food with the Indians one night, and then I'd eat, like, you know, there's some Swedish friends that I had, and a lot of French people, a lot of Germans. And so it was really an interesting, integrated work experience. And then also I got to spend a lot of time with, you know, real, like, country, Australian people, which was really, uh, integrating into the culture.
1: You know, I'm glad you bring that point up because a lot of people think, you know, why would I want to work for any amount of money, you know, do manual labor, picking fruit or doing a job that I wouldn't do back in the U S. But a lot of people don't realize that it's, you know, it's that lifestyle behind it and the people you meet and not you know, mm. the actual duties itself. It was, a, it was all an adventure too, John. I mean, like. I, so when I got back from South
0: Africa, I went out and I got a job at a cattle station. So I could have got a job like up in Wyoming doing cattle work, but out in Australia, I was out like, it was like a two-day drive from Cairns. It was a, like four, it was like an hour-long drive south of Mount Isa. And if anybody looks at a, mount, like a map of Australia, Mount Isa is just like way out in the middle of nowhere. Like, and that was just the most adventurous job I've ever had. Like I was making like 500, like a little bit more than 500 bucks a week, but I had no expenses. So I was saving it all. And, you know, we were riding horses and moving cattle across the outback and like, and they use helicopters to bring them in because it's too big for the motorcycles. So we had like a team of two people on motorcycles and then there were like five of us on horseback and then there was like, you know, the cattle station manager who was just a complete stud flying around in the helicopter. The helicopter would land, drop him off, he'd jump on a motorcycle, catch up with us and then like as we were getting done with the cattle stuff that guy would just jump off the motorcycle and jump on a horse and use that as like the last run so that's i crazy. mean we're talking awesome epic adventure stuff out there and um you know we had these we there were like aboriginals that we would meet out there and i mean it was the most integrated awesome experience that you know i've ever had and My, i mean i was i'm just so grateful for that and i was saving money the whole time i think i had like two grand when i was I was two grand in debt when I got there and then I was two grand positive when I left. Yeah,
1: know? that's great. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, by working at a place that they pay for your accommodation, they pay for your food and you basically have no expenses, no matter yeah. what the amount of money you make, all goes to your actual savings versus being at home. Let's say you're making $5,000 a month, you know, 2000 yeah. of it goes to, to taxes and then you have all your bills to pay, you know, and at the end of the month you have no savings versus even if yeah. you were making minimum wage, If everything else was taken care of, all that money goes straight into your bank account, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I had friends that were working, like, you know, pretty decent kind of mid-level, like, jobs back in the States. And, you know, I was putting away saving money and spending money at a much quicker rate. And then... I'm really grateful for that opportunity, and
1: and even better, I, just, I love
0: the holiday day visa one. You're not,
1: you, and you're even better is you're not accruing any more debt. Uh, all of my friends right. back in the U.S., you know, they end up buying stuff, usually stuff that they don't really need. Uh, but because they're working, yeah. they're making money, and you know, they start shopping, they st- start you know getting a mortgage on houses, they start getting leases on more expensive cars, signing two-year contracts on the new iPhone, and all that is debt that you know people don't really realize they have.
0: Yeah, so yeah. He, yeah, isn't that that's that's a, that's the core of like I think what it is like we're really redefining this sort of I yeah. mean like Tim Ferriss said it was like the new rich you know and I still kind of think of it that way and we're like redefining what it is to be wealthy and like and that's I think that's really important for people to identify the things that are important for them yeah, and if the big screen you know plasma monitor TV is really important to you then that's fine too you know?
1: well one thing actually I, I noticed about the uh, big screen TV which is a little bit crazy is. I went to visit a friend in New York uh, just a few months ago for his wedding. And I remember the last time I was there, I was very envious envious of his monitor. He had uh, one of those big 24 inch uh, Mac monitors that, you know, at the time was beautiful and was brand new. And he also had a 42 inch uh, plasma LCD TV that at the time was, you know, beautiful, brand new. This time when I went, uh, just because technology has changed so much, all that stuff was old. I mean, it, it was like, the <laughs> oh, old, no. you know, it was kind of the old square models. And I looked at it thinking, man, you, you know, like you really need an upgrade. Um, yeah. because I'm so, Ugh. I'm so used to, you know, staying in, let's say hotels or random places where I'm not actually buying any of this stuff. It's, it's being upgraded on someone else's dime. Um, yeah. And when I saw, you know, his stuff, I, I realized, you know, that's a few thousand dollars, um, uh, kind of just down the drain that it's an asset. It's not an asset. It's a, you know, something that depreciates.
0: Right, right. You got to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Like, I mean, I'm sure you probably have, but that, yeah, it's a liability, really. I mean, it's a, it's an expense.
1: Yeah, and people really don't think about that until, you know, because, you know, I guess, you, you know, you, it's just a part of normal life to, to upgrade and, and buy new stuff all the time. Uh, but what's crazy is, you know, in those three years where that TV was, was depreciating, I used that same amount of money to, you know, have all sorts of adventures in the world.
0: Yeah, yeah. When I hear somebody spend like a thousand bucks on a TV, I think, wow, that's a month in Bali. Yeah. Eating out like three times a week, you know, (laughs) staying on a cliffside thing and uh, just having the most amazing adventures. Exactly. But
1: at the same time, you know, for a long time, for the past maybe four years, I was a big advocate on, on living as cheaply as possible. Uh, most of the places I lived, I paid $150 a month in rent, um, which is very possible here in Thailand. You know, you can live in a decent place. Yeah. You can even, you can live in a hut on the beach. Uh, so location wise, it was always fantastic, but it wasn't yeah. until a few months ago when I started meeting other entrepreneurs who were really killing it out here, really making, you know, good money doing e-commerce or doing uh, the other online businesses, where I saw the apartments they were living in and, you know, with rooftop pools and, you know, like big king size beds. And at first I thought they were crazy. I thought they were just wasting their money, (laughs) you know? I I, I really thought they were just throwing money away thinking, why would you stay in a place that's, you know, $800 a month when you could stay in a place that's 150, relatively in the same neighborhood that, you know, it it gives you basically the same um, you know, you could, the the same thing where you get a room and you get a bathroom. Um but then I had realized I I was kind of really lying to myself because I was limiting myself. And at the end of the day, eight hundred dollars a month uh in rent in a place where you can get a place for one fifty or two hundred is a bit of a waste of money. Um but at the same time, if you were living back in the US, eight hundred dollars a month for your rent would be nothing. Right. So the trick is really it, to to make a U.S. wage while living in a place where that eight hundred dollars can get you, you know, a four star hotel, rooftop pool, and you know, a furnished apartment.
0: Definitely, it's the geo arbitrage thing, right? You're making a, a U.S. salary in a place where it turns you into a really wealthy person. That's the geo arbitrage thing, and that's 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 such an interesting thing too, because like, um, there's there's a big. Like, question on that. Like, I had Johnny, I was talking to Johnny Ward about that, and Johnny Ward's done really well. Like, he was able to really overcome sort of the, um, you know, making low amounts of money. But now he says that he's got the really nice apartments and all this stuff, and he misses the days when he had to, like, you know, scrape by because there's a lot, there's a lot of engaging stuff about, about having, about living in sort of the lower income places and stuff. And it's really, it's Spartan and it makes you work harder, it makes you stronger, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, one reason why it's not good to live in a really nice place is it actually takes away from your freedom. So this month, I'm yeah. staying in a really nice hotel in Chiang Mai. And it's, you know, it's a place that I dreamed about staying. And I was never able to afford to to stay in a place like this until very recently. So I was really excited. Yeah. You know? I'm like, okay, I, you know, I have a beautifully decorated hotel. I got a great swimming pool. Um, you know, I have <laughs> it for a month. And then I had realized that you know, my all my good friends were in Cambodia right now, and if it wasn't for the fact that I just spent all this money in this hotel, I probably oh. would have just went over and just hung out.
0: There you go, yeah.
1: But it would have been a waste to leave this room empty, you know. If and spend, you know, and spend the money on a plane ticket to go out there and just and not enjoy this room. So um, I've actually decided, you know what? Unless unless it's a very like a special case where I know I'm going to be somewhere for the full month um, and I'm going to have friends over all the time or, you know, I'm staying with a girl. I'm not going to spend that money on on a really nice place for no reason because it's, it's really yeah. kind of a waste.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, it's like uh, I love thinking about I read a book called um, Anti-Fragile by Nicholas Nassim Taleb and uh, he describes everything as like fragility like and when you when you pay for a place that you have to stay in, even if it's really nice, it doesn't matter. Like even if it's bad, like if when you when you do that, you take on some fragility. Like if if something changes in your life, if a bigger opportunity comes, then your life's a little bit more fragile. And so um, this is kind of a weird concept, but like anti, like if you invest a lot of your time and energy into something, you become slightly fragile. Like that's one of the things that's so great about these internet businesses is that. Um, you're anti-fragile like if you have to move to a different place if you if your apartment goes up like you don't have to worry you don't have to worry about it as much because you're not tied to like a specific place and your business is mobile and like I mean I could drive to you know Florida tomorrow and my business wouldn't even affect it like most of my my clients probably would have no idea
1: yeah uh, I just took a um, I just called a customer uh, right before this actually and it's probably 10 a.m. on the east coast in the U.S. Uh, It's 10 p.m. here in Thailand. And she just assumed, you know, I mean, no doubt in her mind, she assumed (laughs) I'm I'm in the U.S. somewhere. (laughs) She doesn't realize I'm sitting here in my underwear at 10 p.m. in Thailand (laughs) giving her a call on Skype. Yeah. Yeah. And what's even, yeah, you know, so cool. Yeah. The other cool thing about it was, uh, I've, so I've been back in, in Chiang Mai for about two weeks now and I've decided just not to pick up any customer calls, um, just because the, the time zone difference was, was so crazy. So I I've just had everything with a voicemail. Um, I fulfill everything through email. So really I haven't been touching the business at all and it's still running. I'm still making, you know, um, uh, today I just made two, two sales, which more than enough paid for my, you know, my nice hotel and, all my living expenses. Uh, and nice. I also, Congratulations. You know, yeah, thank you very much. And it, and it freed up my time where I can work on other things like this podcast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's the key too, huh? Because you can, uh, you can structure things in a way that it works for you rather than you working for the system.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I'm, I'm curious. So what are your, so what are your actual businesses where that, that you monetize? I mean, what allows you to have this freedom to travel and to enjoy life?
0: So I do. I have got a, a podcast production company called Freedom Podcasting, and so I we take care of my team and I take care of podcast production stuff. So like you're producing a podcast right now, you can tell you you know it's going to take you like four hours to get this thing out, right? Like recording's the easiest part, and so we take care of that for clients. People can just Dropbox us the files, and we just turn them into we pretty much write people's blogs for them now because oh, we really great. just take over the whole thing. Dropbox. And then publish, yeah, it's a great thing. And then I also have like a host of like affiliate websites and sort of like small little niche websites that are just like trickle, you know, AdSense money and affiliate sales.
1: Okay. So that helps a
0: little bit. and But the podcast production business is the one that makes most of
1: it. That's cool. Yeah, I'm the same way where I have my primary business where I get most of my income, which is my e-commerce store. And then I have all these little side random projects where I just call yeah. it. Yeah, I don't even know. What I call it. I would say beer money, but I don't drink anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah, but what's actually really? Crazy yeah, that's is... another great tip for for yeah.
0: travelers. Like, uh, if you if you like to drink a lot, then like traveling can be a pain in the butt. But uh, that that's one of the things that helped me about going to Australia is alcohol is so expensive there. A six pack of beer in Australia is like fifteen dollars, and I pretty much quit drinking there. And it was one of the best best things that's ever happened to me because I um, you spend so much money on alcohol, and then also you just waste tons of time. You know, like. It was like last night was was uh yeah it was Sunday night last night or the other the other day Saturday night I instead of going out and partying you know I sit around and enjoy the work that I do and that's that's a really powerful thing
1: yeah it cool. really adds
0: up over time
1: yeah I mean in the beginning it's a little bit hard to be social and not go out to bars and clubs and drink uh, so what I've been doing recently which actually works out perfectly is I'll hang out until about eleven p.m. sometimes midnight uh, I'll just I'll just have a soda and but I'm tired, and everyone's getting drunk. I just go home, and you know, I get a yeah. good night. I get a good night's sleep. I wake up early on a Sunday, and I get enjoyed yeah. the entire day uh, while everybody else is complaining about how hungover they feel.
0: Yeah, you go out, go do some workouts. Yeah, uh, yeah. And slowly, you know, great.
1: <laughs> and slowly, I I realize that by doing that, uh, I meet as kind of a, a different crowd of people who are the ones that are actually awake on Sundays and want to do active things like hiking, uh want to go to the super yeah. pool, want to do things that, you know, that I want to do that don't involve being hung over and slaying around.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's a big thing. You know, like people need to focus on who they're being, you know, if you if you and that's a tough question. Like that's a really tough one. It's like who am I being like in this moment? Ask yourself that sometimes. Like right now you know, whoever's listening to this they're being like the person who's listening to a business podcast about trying to travel the world so that's important about who you're being but if you're like waking up and you find yourself hung over a lot of the time or like addicted to drugs or something then that's who you're being and and that's going to be who you you're going to invite people like that into your lives. so it's always a really good question to ask yourself and be honest with yourself about who you are in the moment
1: yeah I've heard that you know, you are the average of the five people you spend the most amount of time with, and as far as income yeah. wise, that's one hundred percent true. I mean, you know, I would have every anybody listening to this pause it right now, write down on a piece of paper, think about, you know, who are the five people that you spend the most amount of time with that you speak to most often, and what do they, what's their salary, and what's your salary, and I bet you, you know, the average of the their five, uh, is is going to be spot on with yours.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: So w- when I started surrounding myself with entrepreneurs who actually were successful, my income went up just tremendously uh, versus when I was hanging out with backpackers that were, you know, that didn't have any income. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, and, it, yeah, and yeah, and it
0: goes for everything too. It's not just income, you know, it's health too. Like if you right, think about all the people around you, like how healthy are they? Like, you know, are they, can they run a mile or that kind of thing? Like you see the similarities there too. Yeah. And then also with relationships, like how good are my friendships and how good are is my relationship with my girlfriend or my wife or whatever. Like if you have a bunch of friends that are like, you know, single or like, you know, cheated on their girlfriend or something like that, then you're going to find that that's a similar thing too.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. And I mean, the the one, you know, kind of life hack that is super easy is if you want to have kind of those those four core parts of your life be improved, uh, join something like a CrossFit gym for a few months and it's, yeah, yeah. What you have there <laughs> is, I mean, I, I was very reluctant to join one for a long time. And, you know, I still think there's pros and cons of, of each one. And, you know, there's better gyms, better coaches than, um, than others. So, you know, if you are going to get joined across the gym, you know, do your research, make sure the coaches, you know, as legit, make sure you, you do the, all the proper form safely. But, um, when it comes down to it, at a CrossFit gym, what, you know, what are you surrounded with? Who are the five people you're surrounded with? Very Type A yeah. people, uh, both men and women. Uh, obviously, they're pretty successful in whatever businesses they do because they're spending up to two hundred fifty dollars a month on their membership. So you know, so you don't, yeah. ha- you know, you're not going to have you know people kind of scraping by, hating their jobs. You you know, you might have people, you know, who work a lot, workaholics. But either way they're going to be successful in whatever they do, if they can afford $250 a month for gym membership. Uh, Second, it's a very intense workout. So, you know, everyone's going to be in really good shape. Uh, Most people, you know, are very into their diets as well out there. You know, most people doing CrossFit, probably doing a paleo type diet. And so basically your entire life kind of gets in order just by joining that tribe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And CrossFit, almost all CrossFit gyms will do uh, one free class. When you go there the first time or three days, like, when I started CrossFit, I got a free month, like, you know, go do, go, just go to them. And like, I wouldn't even recommend researching them because I went to like six CrossFit gyms in LA this last, the class, last month. And, um, you, you just, that's the way to do it. Just check them all out. And then there's going to be one where it's like, wow, this guy's kind of like my best friend all of a sudden. And then you'll stick with it. Like I was yeah. doing six CrossFit workouts a, a week, no five, pretty much five a week for like, the last six months when I was in the Gold Coast. And it was just the coolest group of people. And they're just like my close friends. I send like my old CrossFit gym coach, like we were sending each other like love messages. Like, oh, I miss you,
1: man. (laughs) It's a great feeling. Yeah, I definitely do agree that the best research you can do is your own research and just go to a bunch of different gyms if you just go to one yeah. you might not really you know you might not be sure uh if that's normal if that's what you're supposed to get but if you go to three four five or six uh you know even if you've never done any other research you'll know which one is better you'll know which ones you know yeah. care about your form you know which ones really you know uh spend spend a lot of time to make sure you're doing it correctly so th- yeah. that that's a great idea especially use those free trials yeah, yeah. And you can go,
0: you can go, if you've got five CrossFit gyms in your place, you can go for a month for free. Yeah, And then true. one of the things I got to say about CrossFit that it's just so great is that it's completely measurable. You write down how much you can lift. Like when I started doing CrossFit, I couldn't do a hang clean of 60 kgs, right? But right now I'm working on trying to hang like or to full snatch 80 kgs. I've become almost twice as strong as when I started. Like, and it's measurable. Like I couldn't even pick up the bar that I'm like trying to throw above my head now. And that is really, um, that's like results oriented behavior. And that's a really important thing with entrepreneurship as well.
1: Yeah. That notebook that they gave me on that during that first class, that is still with me. I still fill it out every time I do any <laughs> exercise and it's great looking back and seeing the improvement. And and I, I definitely agree yeah. with, with every single thing in your life, especially working out, but you know, even with business, even with, you know, money with whatever it is, if you, if you track it, if you measure it, it, it improves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I really like that. And uh, one other thing I wanted to say about CrossFit is I remember talking to my buddy Kurt, um, who's going to be back in Chiang Mai here in a few days, and hopefully I'll get him on the show next. But I remember saying to him once that I was disappointed that when I go back to the U.S. I'm not going to have access to my my CrossFit gym um, here in Chiang Mai anymore. And he was really puzzled. He asked me, "What do you mean? There's plenty of CrossFit gyms in L.A." And I said, "Well, you know, it's so expensive out there." And it really is, especially if you if you pay for the drop ins. It might be twenty dollars um, on average, you know, up to twenty five dollars per drop in uh, per month. It might be two hundred fifty dollars a month, and versus yeah. in Chiang Mai, it's only eighty dollars or it's eighty seven dollars per month, which is much more affordable. But he, yeah. you know, he shook me and he was like, "Hey, you know, stop, you know, he's like, stop thinking that way. If it's something that you know, it's good for you." don't say you can't afford it or that's too expensive. Just ask yourself, how can I afford this? How can I incorporate this into my life? And the answer was actually really simple when I thought about it. All I needed to do was make $250 more a month and then it was basically free. Yeah. And by having that idea in my mind, I I wrote it down as a goal. I said, you know, and I I think I had about two months before um, my scheduled trip was back to the US. So I just wrote down as a goal. It was a pretty small, simple goal. I would like to make two hundred fifty dollars more per month with my online businesses, uh, so I can do CrossFit. And yeah, because I wrote it down, because it's a goal, I I made it, and it was great.
0: Yeah, and another another cool thing is you can always go to the CrossFit places, and if you like gut hustle, you know, you can connect with the guy or the girl who's running the place and work out a deal. Be like, hey, I I can't, I don't have like the two hundred fifty bucks coming in. Um, I want to do CrossFit. Is there anything I can do? And maybe they'll be like, oh. Well, we got, and you can check out their website and I, whenever you have something like that, I always recommend that you start with a gift. Like if you find that your CrossFit gym, if there's a CrossFit gym that has a crappy website, like do up a mock website, like a mobile responsive one and be like, Hey, look, I could make, I made you guys this kind of like fake website. Um, could I just do this for like three months? Then you got three months or something. Yeah. There's always tussles. you could do like, you can take out their trash and mop the floors. Like just go there and try to do something. Like that's the number one thing. It's just start.
1: Yeah, definitely, and you know, I did that for a many number of years. When I first started um, traveling and doing things, I was doing that with a lot of Muay Thai gyms. Where I had a multi-blog, awesome. Uh, I was making you know uh, highlight videos, and I would trade services, basically saying, "Hey, yeah, you know, I'll make you guys a cool uh, video for your website if I can train here." And it definitely works, and I definitely recommend that as a first step. Um, but now, actually, as a second step, after you've kind of established that and you've already started building a you know a real business where you're having income, I actually started recommending to get away from that and to start paying for things. And the reason I recommend that oh. is, I actually feel like I get more out of, uh, things that I pay for than, than when I get stuff for free. I, I don't know if you ever feel, feel that way.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I feel like a real strong connection with trading services for people, but I totally get what you're saying. And yeah, I, there's, that, that's a really good point too.
1: Yeah. Like, um, you know, for me, like for example, right now, um, I'm training at a Muay Thai gym and because, you know, I have a Muay Thai blog that, that gets, you know, really organically, just really good searches, there's a lot of gyms that want me to tra- train at their gyms. They say, hey, you know, um, come to my gym and you can train for free. And the reason why I've actually said no to a lot of it is uh, for, for really for two reasons. One is I didn't want to you know, to kind of lose credibility to my readers, you know, only recommending places, you know, who are giving me yeah. free stuff. <laughs> uh, but second, right, right. you know, there's a lot of those gyms that I didn't really want to go to. And I feel like I was, I'd was i be wasting my time uh, going somewhere just to save some money. I'd rather spend that same amount of time making more money um, and and just paying for a gym that I actually want to go to. Uh, so, right. you know, as far as, you know, tr- training services, I, I, I definitely think that for some people, uh, they get more out of it because it's kind of like, you know, it's you know kind of like a service exchange where you both get a, a lot out of it, and it's also a great way for people to get started with it. Um, but then for people like me, absolutely, I get much more out of just paying for something. Um, you know, it's it's almost like if I downloaded someone's you know training course on 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 a subject and I, I bootlegged it for free, I normally don't. You know, I kind of just skim through it. I don't really get anything out of it. But the day yeah. I actually pay for something, if I pay three hundred dollars for a training course, I will read that thing three times over. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah.
1: on the topic yeah, of, of of starting businesses and making money online, you know, not everybody can get into you know into being a podcast editor right away. What are some you know some? Well, they could some... if they give me a call. Really they can send so? me a
0: message at Ian at freedompodcasting.com and I can set them up with. Uh, all the things that they need to start helping me out. So, oh really? I've okay. got like a system for bringing people on. And uh, if anybody's listening to this and like they want to do it, I mean, you don't get paid right away, but you can you can get a bunch of work experience. And you can learn a lot too. So if you send me an email at Ian at FreedomPodcasting dot com. I can help you become a podcast editor. That's awesome. My goal is to make podcasting world fantastic, you know? Like, I mean I'm my like my money making goals are, are are pretty much I mean, I pretty much already hit them. But my my the mission of Freedom Podcasting is to like make more people listen like make a a more healthy space for listeners in the podcasting world. Like I want the podcasting world to take over all this like junk media. Like I listen to people like this morning I was I was listening to somebody who was listening to like that, you know, NASDAQ stock ticker, like the Dow Jones oh, God, went down yeah. like 2%. Or, and it's just like, oh gosh, I would just wish people were listening to bet, like more life enriching stuff. And I know millions of people are, waste, are, in my opinion, you know, burning a ton of hours listening to things like that. Like the Dow Jones Industrial Average is <laughs> like completely worthless knowledge. And like so i'm I'm up for helping people with podcasting in any way, especially if you make produce um really cool shows and yeah. I got plenty of clients too, so we can work some stuff out
1: yeah, that's actually really cool man that's you know that's just a, a a free internship job offer right there, so whoever's listening that's yeah you know really great So if you guys are You stuck, need some work experience so. yeah jump on that <laughs> I believe in what you're saying as well where podcasting, even though you know I listen to a lot of podcasts and I would assume a lot of my friends do really it's actually a very small percentage of of the world that you know even knows what a podcast is.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, when I was in Australia, the people asked me what I did. I was like, oh, I produce podcasts. So they some of these like some of these people would look at me like I just told them like I'm a spaceship driver or something.
1: <laughs> they like no idea yeah. what I'm talking about. I mean even guys at my co-working office space where they have you know online businesses, you know, none of them are programmers or they do something, you know, technical, they have no idea. They've never actually listened to a podcast, and yeah, it's it's insane that you know even technical people still haven't jumped on board. But once you do, you know, like anyone listening to this right now, I'm sure you have ten other podcasts that you subscribe to, and you realize how great it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and then and the market's growing too. There was a Time magazine article just like a, I don't know, a month ago or something, and the the market's been growing the whole time, and it's going to continue to do it. Do you remember- All the car companies are starting yeah. to put podcasting like directly into their computer software on board. I mean, oh, really? it's going to be okay. it's going to be a very integrated system in the future.
1: Well, one thing that helped me a lot was when I first got an iPhone, which actually wasn't that long ago. But uh, behind in technology, <laughs> what but you're like a slow adopter? I I really am. Uh, I just got uh, the brand new iPhone four, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> So the 4S is out, the 5 the five is out, the 5C is out, the 5S is out. So I'm about four generations behind. But to me, it's brand new. Oh, so I, so yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, but yeah, what helped great. me a lot was having that podcast app on my iPhone. That made, made things a million times easier to listen to. Yeah. And uh, do you remember what the first podcast you ever listened to was? Um. Jeez. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the first one. I think, uh, yeah, I. you know, I... Yeah. Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income was probably one of them.
1: Okay, nice. Um, the I still remember mine, because it was, actually wasn't that long ago, but it was the Joe Rogan experience. Yeah, and what's, that show's awesome. Yeah, what's crazy is, because that was the only podcast I had subscribed to, I assumed all podcasts were three hours long.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that, I, I that's the amazing thing about it too. Podcasting's so wide open, like there's 10 minute shows, like uh, Brian Callen does a 10 minute podcast, which is great. Um, it's got, I think it's called the ten-minute podcast, and then there's Dan Carlin does five-hour podcasts that are fascinating all the way through. I mean, I've listened to like I think it was Death rows of the Republic by Dan Carlin. It's like an old history. He just talks about military history and okay. and uh, and like the, the lifestyles of people like back in the Roman Empire, and that oh, nice. will inspire you. Like is those that the, shows are fantastic. Is that, the,
1: is that the same guy that does the uh, the Walk of Con? Oh, not the Walk of Con, the uh, uh, yeah, Con Wrath of, of the Con. Yeah. yeah that yeah. th- those are fascinating I, I i'm actually listening to that a second time through now every time i'm on a plane yeah. i listen to the wrath of Cons, and it's amazing dude all
0: oh, right that's I, I think about that one all the time that like, wrath of the Cons is probably one of my favorites he just talks about the way the the cons used to were the most mobile and fast moving military force for until the invention of the internal combustion engine like they were they would just dominate the whole like the world and they were just so brutal like he does like those little details you know like how they used to you know, bleed, like, if they were really hungry, they would milk their horses, like, bleed them out a little bit and make a little blood milk concoction and drink that. And that's what, like, Mongolian raiders were about, right? Yeah, they're Like, insane. they would just move across the steps.
1: And it's just one of those things where it's, it's so much better as a podcast and listening to it in, in this detail and imagining, you know, um, you know, what they're saying. I mean, when they say, you know, they, they're, they're riding up on their horses to a mountain, a snow-covered mountain, and as they get closer, yeah. they realize it's, it's not snow. They're you know, scattered human bones all over the mountain. That gives me this right. imagery in my head that's even more powerful than if I saw it in, in the best CGI yeah. or, on, or on TV.
0: Yeah. And it gives you and th- that's one of the greatest things is he talks about revisionist history. Like, a lot of like revisionist historians talk about how like um, the cons were really good for the area because they like opened up trade routes. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But the reason they opened up trade routes is because they killed everybody on the path. And they probably <laughs> weren't really thinking about opening up trade routes. They were probably just thinking about the fact that they're ready to go kill some more people like they weren't like nice people. You know, they weren't like open-minded people like this. is And it's a perspective and a historical perspective thing. It's a really powerful thing to undertake, like not only for um, understanding of history and being interested in interesting things, but like also as like an entrepreneurship. And I mean, it helps with these sorts of things, too, because you see the world differently. And when you hear people say things, you you perceive it differently. And I think, um, you know, I really think that Dan Carlin's show is good for that sort of perception of even... Everything of like the way that things are pers- of the way that things are put forth and like how you see them.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely really recommend powerful. everybody listen to that show. Um, so <laughs> a little bit earlier on, you, you mentioned something about uh, was, it, was it affiliate marketing or is it the, uh, the the ads that, that you did for your second source of revenue?
0: Yeah, yeah. Affiliate. I do affiliate and then like just uh, AdSense, Google AdSense and then Media.net's actually a good one uh, that I've been using lately.
1: Okay. So do you recommend uh, for guys just getting into making money online to explore those channels or would you recommend- Yeah, I'd, it, you know? totally.
0: You can start a website like you could start writing, making a website that has that's something that you're interested in and put Google AdSense up on there and you want to get to that point like the- the hardest part is you got to drop the 15 bucks for the domain, then you got to drop six bucks a month, right? And when you're starting off, I know that those are intimidating costs, even though they're nothing. Like once you get to a certain point, they're nothing. But as soon as you see that first, like, you know, like quarter or whatever drop into your account from doing that stuff, like all of a sudden it becomes really, really liberating and, and it gives you momentum. Like once you get momentum, like momentum pushes, like it gets faster and faster and faster as it goes. But getting started with an AdSense account, like you link it up to your bank account and then one month, all of a sudden, you notice there's a hundred, an extra 100 bucks in there. It feels fantastic. And that's a great way to start. You, and then you get an idea for content marketing, how to hook up analytics, all the little key things that you need to do on the way to making that, that good one single website. Like that starts right there. So totally recommend starting right there.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree where, you know, that first sale or that first amount of money you make online, no matter where, how much it is or where it comes from, you know makes you believe hey you know this is actually possible um yeah i know for me actually the way i I I remember
0: for me the first time that i like pulled money out of an atm that had just come from setting up a website that i hadn't touched in a long time and i pulled the money out of an atm i think it was in australia and i was just like whoa all right this is real and that's powerful
1: yeah, definitely. And I know for me, I actually, I was too cheap to spend the, uh, $6 a month on hosting. So all right? my, yeah, all my sites were actually made, um, on blogger, which is Google's free, uh, blog spot platform. Um, st- I still had to buy cool. the, still bought the domain, which is about 10 bucks a year. Um, but even though the, the sites don't look nearly as nice as uh, like a WordPress site would look, um, that's that's a, basically a free alternative to to get started as well. So I definitely recommend yeah. you know either way that you're gonna do it. Uh, anyone that doesn't have a website up right now, find something that you're, you're interested in and start blogging about it and put up AdSense yeah. or put up you know recommend products that you believe in. I mean, one real super easy way is find you know anytime you're gonna recommend a book uh, that people should read. Just put the, the Amazon affiliate link on it, and you're not going to make a ton of money from it, but it it converts super easy because everyone trusts Amazon to buy things, and <laughs> it, it doesn't cost them any more money to buy it through your link than if they went straight to Amazon, um, and yeah. you get a credit for it. And
0: it's one like fish, one tiny little fish hook in the sea, you know, because that you're going to push publish on that thing, and it's going to be there for the next ten years. And, um, and you know, even if it gives you one cent a year, you've got like one extra cent a year. And if you do that a few you know, hundred thousand times, then you're fine.
1: Yeah, well, it's actually really funny is, um, so this microphone that I'm, I'm doing this podcast on, I, I got it for free through, through Amazon. And Amazon. the reason for that <laughs> is, you know, every time I go in to buy something, uh, whether it be a Sudoku book for my dad, which he loves, um, or you know, <laughs> something like this mic, I have all these Amazon credits uh, just in my account from you know from every time I, I put up a a book link and I only put up links to things that I would recommend anyways. So I'm not gonna tell yeah. someone to read the Four Hour Work Week if I thought it was a crappy book, but if I'm gonna recommend it anyways, then I might as well you know use my my link for it. Um, yeah, and, and you know so w- the real cool thing is I logged in uh, just actually the other day just because I was curious and it's probably the first time in half a year, I even logged into my Amazon account. I was just kind of curious, you know, what people are buying. And what's really cool about Amazon or a lot of these, these uh, affiliate sites that they track is if someone buys something else along, you know, with that book that you recommended, um, or I think even within, you know, Three days or something within that week, you get credit for that as well. So just yeah. looking through, I you know I get credit for random things like you know these books that I'd never even heard of because they they ha- they to buy it along with the uh, you know, the four hour work week when I recommended that. Um, people bought you know whey protein powder, they bought you know skinny jeans or MP three download of music, <laughs> and I still get credit for that. And yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I got a, I checked
0: my account the other day and I mean, I don't do any like any exercise workout affiliate links or anything. I there's somebody bought a $900 rowing machine. So I got 36 bucks. And I, had, <laughs> I have no idea how that happened, but it's awesome. So,
1: yeah. Um, I'm, I'm taking a look right now. I someone bought a GoPro anti-fog inserts for the hero through camera, you know, which I've never talked about <laughs> before. A, uh, Samsung galaxy <laughs> extended battery, <laughs> a, uh, a router, yeah a um some what else is there i mean just just all these yeah, random one of my favorite things random, we should we should start a website about that just like random affiliate
0: like <laughs> links like because i got like leg warmers once i don't yeah. know i've never even recommended leg warmers i've never even used them
1: okay th- these are the most random things so under the so under pet supplies c.e.t <laughs> poultry toothpaste <laughs> what yeah I have no idea what that is. I don't, know I don't know if it's toothpaste designed for t- you know poultry like turkeys or, or, or chickens or it's toothpaste oh made God. out of out of poultry either way there you go there's an affiliate an affiliate website idea
0: right there to tooth, poultry toothpaste calm yeah <laughs> um, be at the top search engine results in a minute
1: and it's, it's insane I mean I made I made 43 cents from that uh, And that just adds up. I mean, this is like literally one of 76 things that, you know, were, were, I didn't even talk about, you know, I didn't even link to, and I still got credit for it, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, but as far as actually, you know, as far as actually making money, it took me about four years for me to figure out, you know, what I can actually replace my non-five income with. Um, so I had all these random, you know, sites where, you know, like I'll recommend, uh, like I have a book on Amazon called 12 Weeks in Thailand, and I make a little bit of money from that, but it's not, you know, it's not my full-time income. I have, you know, Muay Thai blog, uh, you know, which has AdSense on it, which I'm, so let's say you go to it and you're, you're reading about Muay Thai in Thailand where you should train, and then there's an ad for a go-to where you can book a hotel, you know, I'll make some money from that if you, if you book a hotel through them. Um, but none of those were, you know, really enough to actually replace my income. Uh, and it wasn't until, right. you know, I built my actual e-commerce stores where that's, that actually completely replaced a normal nine to five income. And then for you, you have your podcast yeah. services. So do you believe that these, you know, that, random, um, the, the blogs, the affiliate sites are more just for, you know, for getting people started for them to kind of have a diversified income and more, if anything, just experience and training in making money online, and that people should find what you know something that that they really want to dedicate to.
0: Yeah, totally. I don't think I would have got to the point and uh, being as good a I, you need to be a good web developer to be able to run a you know podcast service company. And if I had never set up all these websites, I would have never been able to get to the point where I'm
1: at now. Yeah, definitely. So you know, um, I definitely recommend that if you you guys are just getting started. You know make a website you know really about anything it, it could be about you know about poultry toothpaste you know yeah. and make it about something
0: that you like though because <laughs> that's one of the things like if you've read about poultry toothpaste and you've never even seen a chicken you're not going to be any good at writing about it and you're never going to be able to create content but like make it about something you like and something that you're good at everybody's good at something yeah. and like you know whether it's gardening or frigging skydiving yeah. you're going to be good at something
1: yeah, and I definitely agree with If you with write
0: that. about it, people will resonate with it, and there's going to be stuff, there's going to be options there. And just start writing, watch analytics, see what people like, and it starts working out. Make it a, Make it a habit, too, and make it so it's fun. Because if you, if you can't if you're do, like people always talk about doing stuff that you know has like results and stuff but if you're not if you're not having fun with this stuff then you''re, you're going at it from the wrong perspective like what we're doing now is we're create, we're living in an economy of like an abundance economy where you can just do whatever it is that makes you interested like I love podcasts so I started just learning about the production of them once I figure out production I met people that didn't have the time to do the production but they wanted to have podcasts and then bam that's an excellent business thing and then when I'm doing my podcast production, you know, like, I don't do as many of them as I used to, which is kind of sad because now we've just got too much, but I always want to listen to the show. So while I'm working, it's like, it's like playing video games. It's awesome. It's so fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think that's cool. Um, Ian, dude, it's been awesome having you on the show. Uh Before I let you go, I, there's been something I've been asking a lot of my guests, and I kind of put it, put you on the spot for it. But... What are three tips that you can give the listeners and they don't have to necessarily have to do with the travel or building a business. They can be really about anything, but just kind of three actionable items that people could start doing that that can kind of just make their life a little bit better that has made your life better.
0: Okay, cool. Three. So number one is don't do stuff that you hate. Like if you have a job that sucks, find out how to stop doing it. Like do things that you enjoy. The world's a better place when there's people that are doing things that they enjoy. Number two is get started immediately and always take things. Like, don't think, don't put stuff on your to do list when you could just do it. Do things when they come to your mind, make it happen. And then, um, see, what's another third one? Those two are pretty solid.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely good. Number three
0: is, is invest in your education. You can get free audiobooks, you can get free, you can get all sorts of interesting stuff. You know, start listening to audiobooks and running. Listen to podcasts of people that are interested in the things that you're doing. Like, Really invest in your education and, and make a system. Like, Do a website like where you can send out emails to everybody about the books that you're reading at the time and, the, and, and talk with people about the stuff that you're learning because investing in yourself is the most important thing and it'll pay hugely in the future.
1: Dude, really, really good advice. So if someone wants to find you and keep in touch, uh, what's the best way?
0: The best way to get in touch with me is... Um, to email me. Yeah, email. You can email me at ian at freedom Casting. You can check out the Love Affair Travel podcast. That's where I talk to people about all this stuff. And I've got endless amounts of fascinating people on my show. There's like 36 and I've already recorded up to like 40. So um, head to loveaffairtravel.com. You can email me at ian at loveaffairtravel.com. There's an email mailing list. I put up together like a 15-minute audio book that's for free at loveaffairtravel.com. Head over there. Sign up. Independent Ian at Twitter and uh, Instagram. And Facebook. So anybody, just get in touch with me. I uh, I love talking to people about this stuff. So nice. Buddy. I look forward to hearing
1: all over the internet. Do you have a, a GeoCities or a uh, MySpace we can find you at? <laughs> MySpace. Oh, I used. To, I don't even looked into that. I heard Justin Timberlake bought MySpace. So. Yeah, I'm sure that was a great buy be for him. All right, but Ian, thanks so much for having uh, <laughs> being on our show, and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon.
0: Yeah, awesome, Johnny. I really appreciate you uh, doing this. So thanks for thanks for making it happen. It's great to be on a show with another Canadian entrepreneur. So thank you. Yeah, we're always looking for help with interns. So if anybody out there wants to, you know, start making podcasts and start making things that are interesting, they can. We've got a free internship program. All they have to do is email me like a 30 second mix of their of their voice and then mix it together with some music and maybe some slams or something like that under 30 seconds email it to ian at freedompodcasting.com and we can like get them started right away on doing like a free internship that could totally turn into a paid
1: opportunity for the right person